Over the weekend, the Vikings traded Zadarius Smith to the Browns. We'll go over the trade details, who won the trade, and how the Vikings plan to replace him on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You liked it on three, one, two, three. You, like you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day each and every day. And a special shout out to the people who listen every single day. My hashtag everydayers. Sound off in the comments if you can. You can find this show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, be it an audio platform, anywhere, any one of those, uh, YouTube, or even Amazon Fire or Roku. You can just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So, Zadaria Smith got traded. Let's get into all of the nitty-gritty details of it. Um, but first I need to kind of tell you the story of this for those who haven't been paying attention or if you kind of checked out in the off season and you're checking back in going, wait, I thought that dude was under contract. What happened? Uh, let me catch y'all up. Uh, and if you already know all this, then review sesh, but basically the, uh, right before free agency, I think it was, um, Zadarius Smith requested his release from the Vikings. He wanted a new contract. Uh, later, the beat reporters went in and said, this wasn't like an animosity thing. This wasn't about, there's nothing personal here. He just wanted, he didn't like his contract. He wanted a new contract, which is totally fair. Zadarius Smith was insanely underpaid. And it's why I kind of argued for the entire off season against releasing him. Cause like, man, that's a really good deal. We should try to preserve it. Uh, obviously it didn't work out that way. My understanding was that the Vikings, they declined that, uh, release request. They said, no, 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 we're not going to cut you. My understanding was we're going to try to work something out, but we're going to do it after the draft. We've got the draft and free agency and all these other priorities. We don't really have the, the, like nobody's free to work on this. So wait till after the draft and then we'll have, you know, more time. So that was the situation after the draft, like two weeks after the draft, he ends up getting traded. So feels like that contract negotiation didn't get very far. And they went, all right, there's way too much distance between these two parties. Okay, fine. We we're not going to just cut you. We'll trade you and we're going to get something out of it. But uh, Zadarius Smith did get some say in where he got traded, right? We'll, we'll go get the offers and then you can choose between those. And that seemed to be the deal. He chose the Browns offer. Um, I, I'm, I'm, piecing some things together. I'm filling in some of the blanks with speculation there, but I'm pretty confident that that's the way that that played out. Um, so, you know, a, a lot of times you, know, you see, oh, he wanted out and he, he was unhappy or whatever. Uh, my understanding is it was a hundred percent money. If something else comes out later, then, then I'll change that. But I, for now I'm going to roll with this. This was a money thing. And it's generally good practice with these sorts of divorces that it's a money thing until proven otherwise, until you get the big expose about how someone was too mean to him or whatever. Then it's it's a money thing until until proven otherwise. Um, so that means that he's a Brown now. And here are the trade details. Uh, the Browns get Zadarius Smith, a 2025 sixth and a 2025 seventh. So not next year, but the year after. And the Vikings get a fifth rounder next year and a fifth rounder the year after. 
So a, a way to think about this, and, they, and, and if you put that into all the trade charts, depending on which one you use, somewhere from a fourth-ish rounder to a fifth-ish rounder in value is what the Vikings got for, uh, or like a late fourth rounder, like a, like a compensatory fourth rounder to like a high mid-fifth. That's about the range. Um, a, a good way to think about it for me is, so a bunch of these are 2025 picks, right? So in 2025, let's say they traded a sixth and a seventh to move up to the fifth that's part of it. And then they just get a fifth on top of that. Like if you think those picks all cancel each other out, which that's a fairly normal trade. Actually, it's a little bit bad for the, for the team trading down. So it's a, it's like a little bit more than that, which makes sense, right? You get a fifth, maybe a little like maybe a low fourth. So a little bit more than that. That's the draft compensation, which you're going, man, how did like a fifth round? That's nothing. That's like Jaquel and Roy for, uh, for Zadaria Smith. That can't be the, the right, um, or maybe not a rookie like Harrison hand, you know, for, for Zadaria Smith, that's not a good trade, but you got to remember there's a money thing here too, right? Because not only was there the money that Zadaria Smith cost, but to keep him, it would have cost even more, uh, in the, on the cap. Now I, I think they could have, and this is going to be where I kind of say, man, I wonder what Zadaria Smith's contract demands were that the Vikings found so unimaginable that they traded him away because he ends up taking a deal and, and we don't know all of the details of it yet. Um, if they're particularly salacious, we'll talk about it when they come out, but otherwise just keep an eye out. Um, but he is guaranteed $11.75 million. And that's the only real contract detail we have and that it is reworked and that the final year of his deal is he will become a free agent now. So that's either a void year or it was cut off completely. Although I don't think you can do that. So it's probably a voided year now, uh, sort of like what the Vikings had with Anthony Barr. Um, or what they have with Harrison Smith now. That's what I think the deal is for for Cleveland, which affects their cap more than it affects ours. For our purposes, the Vikings dump upwards of 12 million cap, but they don't actually, <laughs> because they actually take some of that. Uh, they they quote foot the, some of the bill as well. That's from Mary Kay Cabot of Cabo Cabo. I don't know. She reported that the Vikings will foot some of the bill. Uh, so. Here's my guess as to how that works. That actually, when you look at it, it kind of had to be something like that or void year shenanigans for the Cleveland Browns. But what's difficult about this is I believe like when you are in the, the current league year and you're not dealing with like projected numbers, you cannot go over the cap even for a second. So you couldn't like say trade for Zadarius Smith and immediately rework his contract if his current deal would have put you over, which is what Cleveland was dealing with. So it kind of had to be something where he agrees to a reworked deal here and then that deal gets traded, which means the Vikings are going to take on some extra cap. So here's what I think happened. And they only had 7 million going in. They would have had to take on, I think like a, like 12 million or something like that in uh, salary cap burden. Um, so here's my guess. He was guaranteed $5.05 million. That money locked in in March. He is now guaranteed six point seven million more than that. Um, so my guess is that the Vikings just took on the guaranteed salary as signing bonus and said, all right, yeah, this is cutting him but with draft picks. Uh, anything less than that is a win, if you ask me. It means they saved more by trading him than they would have by simply cutting him, and they get the extra day three draft capital, which they have no matter what. So... Year two is now a void year, and the Browns can do whatever they have to do from there, but I believe that makes it so that it just barely fits under the, the Browns cap or something close to that. 
Um, I, I think that's the way this is going to have to work after kind of really looking in, into the details, but I'm not 100% sure. But really, the operative question here is, was this good? And I, I mean, probably not, right? Losing a good player and only getting meager resources back is probably never going to be that great a thing. But I think there are a lot of ways to look at it. So we'll go over those. Uh, and then also, I've been kind of waiting to see what happens with the edge room to talk about this. But we can kind of get into, okay, Zadarius Smith out, Marcus Davenport in. This is now basically a one-for-one -one replacement. What does that look like? What are we going to ask them to do? So we'll get a little bit of X's and O's in there as well. Um, if you feel like this is what puts the Browns over the top, you can go to FanDuel.com right now and bet the over on their win total. I believe it is 8.5 last I looked, but I could be totally wrong about that. Either way, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and you can make your first bet as a no sweat first bet. If you haven't signed up yet, new customers can get uh, $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet whiffs. So you go in. And you, you bet on, say, the NBA playoffs or something. You know, I just I thought this was the moment Jimmy Butler turns into a pumpkin and then suddenly, you know, the Miami Heat are are winning again. And if that happens, then uh, you could maybe get a thousand dollar bet, a thousand dollars back in bonus bets. Um, FanDuel has all kinds of awesome promotions. They have all kinds of awesome futures bets. If you just want to bet on football, that's kind of my jam. The app is safe and secure and you get paid out instantly when you win. There's no better place to bet all of the playoff action, whether it's hockey or basketball or other stuff at other parts of the year than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day. Uh, for your second listen, go check out, or your second piece of content, content consumed, go check out my Patreon page. Patreon.com slash NFL has, uh, I have a 40-minute Jordan Addison video that I just put out, which is, a lot of that's just me rambling. Like, it's not, <laughs> I probably could have done that thing in 20. Uh, but I think some of that nuance is important, so... Um, I, I did a lot more tape on Addison. I think the original one that I did pre-draft is inferior to this one by a lot. I've learned a lot in the, the kind of two months between doing that, which is, you know, the goal of draft season for me is, is to feel like way better about that position, which I do. Um, there's a lot of really exciting stuff in, in that breakdown and some things that maybe we can be concerned about. I was pretty fair. So uh, go check that out. Or you can uh, just keep checking out Log Not Vikings episodes. We got the mailbag tomorrow. More details about that at the end of the show if you are unfamiliar. So uh, let's enough with the cold hard facts. Let's let's actually see if we can't come to an opinion here. And I, you don't need to care about mine. I want to help you come to yours um, with with the Sedaria Smith trade. So here's the reality of the situation. I, I think that most people can understand that trading Sedaria Smith for meager capital is not preferable to keeping Zadarius Smith. Keeping Zadarius Smith at his current deal was not going to be realistic. He wasn't going to play on that contract. So that's not an option. We are not weighing a trade versus keep him at his current deal. And I think a lot of people who are outside the Vikings, like people who just cover like fantasy or just like national people are going, what are the Vikings doing? Why are they selling off these pieces? And they just don't know the the situation. So that's the situation. He was not going to play on that current deal. It would have been been either gives Darius Smith a pay raise, which is probably the thing that I would have liked the most, although I don't know what that pay raise is. So it could have been ridiculous, right? And then you go, oh, okay, well, then that's totally a non-starter, which is, I guess, the way the conversation probably had to go for things to time out this way. 
but I, I can't know that for sure. So we kind of have to just put that one off to the side. Um, and then it's either cut or trade, right? And obviously trading is going to be better than cutting because you get draft picks back. So the way I'm looking at this is the Vikings cut Zedarius Smith, but a little better. <laughs> it's like a little better than they cut Zedarius Smith. And like I said, all the way through throughout the, the offseason, I don't like the idea of cutting Zedarius Smith. He's a good player, and I really wish that they could have found a way to keep him. Um, but I don't know, and, and this is where I get a little bit more uh, philosophical. I don't think we have to play a blame game every time something happens that we don't like. Like, I don't, I don't, it's, this stinks and it's sad. I don't like it. I'm going to miss Darius Smith and I don't think they got enough back to justify losing him. I don't think the Vikings got better this weekend. Uh, and that stink. I like it when the team gets better and I don't like it when they get worse. I hope that is not a controversial opinion. Um, but I think the next instinct we have is to be like, okay, whose fault is it? And I don't know if it's anybody's fault. It's economics. Zedaria Smith signed a deal, reasonably so, under the pretense of being an injury-prone player with back issues and age, and we weren't sure if he was ever going to be the same. So he signed a very provisional deal at very limited value. He played every game, and he made a Pro Bowl. I think in his eyes, all right, now pay me for real. And I think that's, again, 100% fair. And, and people get really really freaky about this. I think there's something about the like, well, they're just playing a children's game. They should just be happy. They're making a living at all. There's this weird like entitlement, but he is well within his rights. Once he has kind of proven that the factors that led his current contract, like the circumstances have changed. And I think, I think this applies way outside of football too. If you do one job and then your office ends up having you do that job plus a second job, you're well within your rights to ask for a raise. I have personally seen that happen. All right. And I, and I think that everybody was more than happy to oblige there because you're suddenly your value is different than what it was when we talked last year. Let's reorganize this so that it's properly reflected. hundred percent fair. I'm never going to disparage a player for that. And I don't think you should either. Um, but also, we now have to like totally rethink, is this worth it? What do we want? Do we want like a, a, a premier top, you know, Pro Bowl edge rusher on our books? Do we still think that Zedarius Smith is going to repeat this next year and all that stuff? And then you get into um, kind of where the Vikings heads must have been at. But it's not like this is not a, a failure of Kwesi Adofa Mensa. It's a decision that he made that we kind of don't know all the options of. So it's like playing the blame game and saying, well, whose fault is it that this bad thing happened? I don't know. Adam Smith's go further back. David Hume blame David Hume and the general concept of economics and the, the <laughs> commodification stuff that Adam Smith wrote about in the 1700s or whenever he was writing 1600s. I don't know. Uh, blame them. Because this is just kind of economics playing out, and I, I don't really think that anybody acted in a way that is like worth disparaging. So it stinks, and we can say like, "Man, I don't like that. That sucks." Without saying that like somebody needs to be held responsible for it. And I think there's this weird thing we do as sports fans where when something bad happens to our team, somebody must be brought to justice, right? Somebody, somebody has to be the the guy that is his fault. And if you get him out of the organization, this stuff won't happen anymore. And this is this is where we get every time you're trying to fire a coach or you want to cut a player because he did bad, cut a kicker because he missed a kick, that kind of stuff. And um, I think that's just really divorced from reality. So I try to push back on it a little bit. That's just not how things work. So, and it's just not a healthy way to be, right? When somebody screws something up that 
like that there needs to be some room to do that and sometimes bad stuff happens and it's not anybody's fault and i think this is one of those times good on the browns this is a great move for the browns if you're a browns fan listening to this uh this is awesome for you right you you managed to leverage someone else's economic problem someone else got into a weird situation just by circumstance and you managed to leverage that to your own profit good job browns and if we're talking who won the trade of course the browns are, are like won this trade unless Adaria smith totally busts out for them of course the browns won the trade um, but for the Vikings, the options were cut him or get something for him. And they got something for him or give him some unknown pay raise that we can't really judge if it was a good idea or not because we just have no idea what it was. Uh, maybe he was asking for a million more dollars and the Vikings didn't do that. And we could critique that and say, man, that's really stupid. I would have given him more, you know, a million more dollars. Maybe he was asking for 10 million more dollars. And, you know, you go, OK, well, I can see why the Vikings like I, we just don't know. So we just can't really go to that. But. Here's where we're at now. The Vikings edge room is a little a little bit less crowded. You're still probably cutting a player you don't want to cut. Uh, like the, there's a that's a, still a pretty like pressured room, but you got your kind of main two starters in Daniil Hunter and Marcus Davenport. Those are your two guys, and then you know DJ Wanham, Patrick Jones, Luigi Villan, three undrafted free agents kind of weird stuff at the depth. We'll see what happens there in terms of who makes the team. But what do we do now that we don't have Zadarius Smith? And the answer is that Marcus Davenport, really his skill set one for one replaces Zadarius Smith. Is he as good? I would probably not expect that. But in terms of like style and role, he is going to fill that job immediately. So that's the next thing that I want to go over. So Brian Flores, Bill Belichick style defenses, the way that they structure their fronts and their pass rush the way it works is a lot of stunting that's going to be the thing that that i need you to focus on a little bit and, and if you say yeah he's going to have to run a lot of stunts you probably sound smarter than 99 percent of your friends at the bar right um but that's what what davenport and hunter and and tonga and phillips and all these guys are going to have to do is they're going to have to loop around a lot so the organization of this um, and you'll you'll call a mixture of all these things. But the organization of this pass rush um, philosophy is based on rushing five a lot. And that's where you get the really high blitz percentage. It's not only rushing five, though. Sometimes you do cover zero and you don't even have a safety and you're sending six or seven people and you just live in like this YOLO world, right? This total caution to the wind kind of world. But like the staple is a lot of times you are rushing five and covering with six, which is man-to-man coverage across the board in a deep safety. And you're not having a rat or a whole defender. And sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. But a lot of times you're rushing five with cover one. So you're not just sending five guys and saying, go rush the quarterback and try to beat a guy. You might do that sometimes, but a lot more often you'll have some kind of stunt. Now, the names of these, I don't want to tell you the wrong things, but it's like one is like hot and cold. One is like me and you, that kind of stuff. But I'll, I'll just tell you what they are because they're all basically the same flavor of thing with different numbers. So there are inside outside stunts and outside inside stunts. But those are two man stunts. That is an inside rusher and an outside rusher switching places, right? Um, twisting up with each other. And which guy crashes and which guy loops, those are the two different things or the two words that I use for it. There's like, if, if you think about like two guys next to each other, if I'm next to you, right, and I'm the crasher, my job is to crash into your guy 
And your job is to loop behind me, hoping that my guy followed me as I was crashing. And so I took up two people and you don't have anybody. That's the goal of a stunt, right? Um, I think it's me and you is the, the ones that where this happens like on the outside. So this would be like Marcus Davenport and Kyrie's Tonga would be doing this. Um, and the thing about Marcus Davenport that he is famous for, and this is how he got a lot of his pressure against, uh, or in, in new Orleans, even though he could never clean it up and he could never get a sack, uh, was against guards. Whenever you got him one-on-one with a guard, that was really good. Does that sound familiar? Cause that's Cedarius Smith. That's like a trait that those two guys have in common, that they are at their best when they're going one-on-one against a guard. Now, if you put those guys one-on-one against a guard a hundred times and said, which one has a better win rate, probably Zadarius Smith. So you're losing a little bit of it, but that is still Davenport's strength. Um, There's also, I believe, I don't want to say it wrong. There's one that's hot, cold, and I think that's when it's just the inside. Okay, I just looked up a quick refresher because I didn't want to tell you something wrong. So yes, uh, the outside stunts. So an edge rusher and then like Kyrie's Tonga or Harrison Phillips or whoever's playing, you call it like the three tech or the four tech, not the nose tackle over the middle, uh, but the next guy like between him and the edge rusher. Uh, When those two stunt, one is me and one is you. A me stunt, you don't have to remember these names, but I think it's fun if you can like drop this knowledge, right? Uh, The me stunt is when the three technique or four eye or whatever crashes into the tackle, like basically guards the B gap, and then the five technique attacks that B gap. So you, you want the three technique to clear the gap and the five technique comes around and attacks the gap. A you stunt is the other way around. It's when the five technique, so the Marcus Davenport, is just crashing into somebody to clear them out, and then the three technique, the Tonga or whoever, Jaqueline Roy, who cares, um, is the one actually attacking the gap and trying to get to the quarterback. Then there's hot and cold, which is going to be two guys on the inside. So you'll have Harrison Phillips and and Kyrie's Tonga, uh, or Jaqueline Roy or Bullard or whoever that ends up being. Um those guys switching over each other. One is hot, one is cold. And then you have three-man stunts where you'll have two guys crash in together. So you'll have uh, Kyrie's Tonga and Harrison Phillips will each crash one guy outside of them. So Kyrie's Tonga takes the tackle. Harrison Phillips takes the guard. And then Marcus Davenport or Daniel Hunter, who lined up outside of both of those guys, will loop behind and attack like the A-gap now. And that's a lot of distance to cover, and you need to cover it really, really, really fast. If you cover it too slow, which is kind of what we saw with uh, the Vikings and Zadarius Smith and I think Daniel Hunter at the beginning of the season when he was still kind of getting his sea legs under him, um, when, when you have that, like when that's too slow, you get all the pressure in the world, but you never get there in time, and the quarterback just gets rid of the ball. So you need to be really fast about that, and that's kind of the point of Marcus Davenport. That is how he replaces Zadarius Smith. And I would guess the thesis here, and this is a hyper, hyper optimistic way to put it, so I say don't take this to the bank, but this is probably the thought process, is if he's a little bit of a better athlete for those stunts, this can improve upon Zadarius Smith. Personally, I'll have to see that before I believe it, but that's probably like the company line. Um, The way that they do their run fronts as well very much depends on who's out there. And this is sort of one of the strengths of this defense is that it's very much like tailored to the skill sets of the guys. So it depends on who you have out there. But if you have anybody you feel like can two gap, 
Um, the, the most famous example of this was in the Super Bowl against the Rams, Super Bowl 53, uh, Patriots versus Rams. They had a whole package specifically. I think it was Sheldon Day, who is currently on the Vikings on a futures contract. Um, and he was a practice squad player. Sheldon Day was. He was a practice squad player that got promoted for just that game. Um, and they had a specific package for him that gave the Rams all kinds of trouble where he would two gap, which means he would usually be on the center. Uh, and if I remember that center might've been Austin Schlotman, but <laughs> check me on that. Uh, the, he would be on the center. Um, and if the run went to either a gap, he would be responsible for that run. So if it went to either side of the center, he would be responsible for that essentially covering two gaps with one guy. Everybody else would one gap. Uh, and that meant that you could be at even numbers with the offense. Cause if you think about like, the numbers game, right? If you have, if they have five blockers, five O-line and you have five defenders, you can get somebody in between all of those guys, but you'll have to have one gap because when there's five people, there's one, two, three, four, five, six gaps and you need six people for that. So when you have even numbers in the box, you're at a disadvantage as the defense, but not if one guy can take two gaps. Now you're back to even. That was like the point of that package. Um, that's not to say, that's just an example of the philosophy which is very much like, okay, what can our guys do? And we'll kind of construct a run fit that fits around that. But it's very customizable. And I think to go deeper into that is probably not something that I can do on, on this show. <laughs> uh, if you want something a little more in-depth, I can uh, give you... What, what I was pulling that information from was uh, the Coach Vass YouTube video uh, which is a presentation he gave on his Patreon page, which I also highly recommend if you really want to get into like the deep stuff and think like an actual coach because his stuff is like made for high school coaches that are looking to improve their game. Um, if you want to do that, just look up Coach Fast Brian Flores. You'll find it. I'll link it in the show notes if I remember. Yell at me if I don't. Uh, and also um, the podcast Kindred Skulls with uh, Matt Freeze and Nick Olson, although I think Nick wasn't there. There was Greg. Anyways, those guys did like a two-hour Brian Flores explainer that uh, goes into all kinds of depth. It's great stuff. I'll link that as well. Uh, and again, please yell at me if I if I if I forget about it. And you can get more information about that Brian Flores thing. It's it's a lot deeper. So it's, if you're like really interested in the X's and O's, okay, how does this work? I get you know he blitzes a lot, but I want to go deeper than that. That's some great resource for you. Uh, as for me, tomorrow uh, is Twitter Tuesday. So get me your questions at. Luke Brown NFL or at Locked On Vikings on Twitter. You can also uh, send me an email at Locked On Vikings Podcast at gmail.com if you have something a little longer, uh, or you can fill out the Google form in the show notes. That works as well. Um, you can leave a YouTube comment too. I'll probably see it. Ask your questions there. Uh, whatever it is, I'll uh, answer it and we'll talk about that then. And then we'll uh, keep doing story time stuff. I've got a couple of X's and O's things I want to do. I want to talk about D Wayne McBride a little bit. I want to get into Jordan Addison a little bit and kind of do the podcast version of my Patreon video. So I, I got some cool things coming down the pipe this week. I hope you guys are uh, sticking around. I know it's the dead of the off season, but we don't slow down here at locked on Vikings. Hope you're along with me for the ride. I'll see y'all tomorrow. And as always skull.